the darkness between us. Dark stories from the Uncanny Collective. Episode 2. Robin by Paul Linghorn. Okay, we recording? This is Detective Angela Reese interviewing Mr. Leo Stevens on the 31st of October 2020 in connection with the death of Mr. John Doe. It's all right, Leo. We just need to know what it was you saw, in your own words. Mm-hmm. So, we're ready to begin. Right, Leo, in your own time, explain to us what happened. It was, uh, late... For the record, the 29th of September. Continue. Right. It was the first properly cold night for ages. So I went to the Marriott, the one next to the London Eye, for an overnight... session. I gave the John's name at the desk and was handed a key. Can you clarify the name for the record? Uh, I only remember his first name. Alexander. The only reason I remember that much is because it's my brother's name. Anyway... I made my way up to the fourth floor, where his room was. I knocked, and there was no answer. I knocked again, and still nothing. That's the first time I looked at my phone that night. I went to dial the unnamed number, and then a message appeared on my phone. I've been asleep, but I'm awake now. The message was from my friend Robin. I'm sure you know the case, Detective. They were murdered some weeks before that night. I felt nauseous, sick to the pit of my stomach, thinking, how could someone get a hold of their phone and use it like that? Sick joker, message from beyond the grave. But knowing some of the people Robin used to hang around with, not too surprising. Probably some coked-up DJ who sucks dick on the weekends to pay for his studio. (laughs) We can probably admit that. Uh, Sorry, I was angry. Angry that the John was a no-show, no money. Angrier that I'd got that message. I knocked more furiously, if you can imagine it, and then I thought, sod it, I'm going in. I took out the key and unlocked the door. I stood inside of this luxury suite that was more like a penthouse flat with polished oaken floors, grey sofas, blood-red cushions, with a television the size of my bedsit. I walked into the immaculate marble effect bathroom with separate shitter, and there was still no one to be seen. I then walked up to the bedroom door and pushed against it, but it wouldn't budge. I remember thinking at the time, who has a locked door in a hotel room? But then I thought, if this is all paid for, I may as well stay here for the night. Beats the cold and my flat hands down. Even sleeping on the sofa here would be better than my bed. I'd been in there a couple of hours. Must have been about 10.30. I was still pretty angry about the text, so I sent... Who the fuck is this? Why have you got Robin's phone? That's when I heard the keys in the lock turn. Alex had arrived. He was in his mid-fifties. Most of his hair that was left had greyed. Green eyes. He was much bigger than me, height and width. He was the kind of guy you imagined would be down the pub after work shouting about how immigrants from war-torn countries were leeches, but he couldn't wait to retire to live in Spain. He started to freak out until he realised who I was. 
He'd forgotten what day it was. Forgot he booked me. I was like, do you want me to make it another day? He looked behind him and said, Nah, seeing as you're here, I may as well. He looked around the room and said, Been making yourself comfortable, have you? I said something along the lines of, Yeah, as much as you can in this shithole. He didn't get that I was joking. Shithole? Fuck me, how much do you cost tonight? I tried to lighten the mood. I'm cheap, but not that cheap. Right-o. I'm just going to go clean up. And then he walked into the bathroom. I'm awake. But it's endless night. Help me find you. Look, you sick fuck. Stop texting from their phone. Have you got no respect for the dead? Also, Robin's case is still under investigation, so you realise you're fucking around with evidence. That's when I thought it might be one of you guys. One of us? Well, it wouldn't be the first time police have fucked around with me. I like to think those attitudes are well in the past. Sure. And then it came back with just... Help me find you. I was agitated. I looked around the room to take my mind off of it. I found some pretty expensive looking vodka in a cabinet and swigged straight from the bottle a couple of times. You were drinking that night? Two... Three shots at most, but that's not the point. It was after that that I spotted his phone, casually left on one of the arms of the grey sofas. I looked over it as I saw the light of his screen come up. I walked over to it and read on the front, Lisa W. Lucy going to bed, thought we'd see you tonight, guessing it's another long one. I was really close to double tapping the message and reading up on what I assumed to be his long ignored wife. You believed the victim's wife's name was Lisa W.? when his phone lit up again. Touch me. Help me find you. I found my fingers sliding across the screen and unlocking his chat with Robin. I found paragraphs and paragraphs of text between each other, but before I could read any of it, he emerged from the bathroom, naked. Get in the bedroom, he said. My voice shook, but the, the door's locked? He looked at me like I was a fucking idiot. No, it's not. Now do as I say. I'm on my way. I got to my feet and walked across the room, and as I gently pushed at the bedroom door, it fell open with ease. The room was dark and cold. I switched on the lights, but they had little effect. The walls, the floor, the cabinets, even the frame of the bed were made from black obsidian. The only colour was a deep red bedsheets and cushions. I stepped in towards the foot of the bed as a cold wind blew through the room. The sheets on the bed quivered. They rippled and bubbled up and up, silhouetting a figure under the covers. Alex was now stood behind me. He called out, What is this? As soon as he spoke, I heard a scream from the figure under the covers, like it was reacting off of the sound of his voice. The next thing I knew, the sheets were thrown over me. I tried to throw them off me, but someone or something had me pinned down. My mind was racing. I thought all of this was some kind of ploy of his, some fucked up fantasy which wasn't discussed. And then in the blindness of the red sheets came the light of my phone. Stay under the sheets. I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to see me. 
I heard the gargle of the man behind me. His breath becoming shallow, he muttered, I got rid of you, or something like that. I got rid of you! Then a vicious crack, bone breaking. As the man behind me writhed on the floor, his legs trembled, his arms flailing, repeatedly slapping the obsidian floor as the gargling of his voice fell. Suddenly everything was still. I could feel a presence in the room with me, but I was too afraid to pull back the sheets. But I know who it was. What are you saying exactly? Our John Doe murdered Robin. Or he was killed by Robin. Or was it a ghost? A ghost is your alibi. <sighs> Let's take a break for a moment. Leo, are you okay? Oh, bear with me. Sorry. I need to take this. Detective Reese speaking. Have you ever come close to dying? The hands of another wrapped around your throat. Who is this? Squirming under the sheets with someone you just met. Uh, Aching for release. Accident or not. Who knows? But who? The Darkness Between Us was created by the Uncanny Collective. Robin was written by Paul Linghorn and starred Connor Meddings and Sarah Lynham. Theme music by Nick Samuel. Sound recorded, mixed and produced by Connor Allen and Sarah Lynham. Uncanny Collective are Connor Allen, Steve Fitzgerald, Paul Linghorn and Sarah Lynham. Please visit uncannycollective.co.uk for information about upcoming shows and events. To find us on social media, please use the links in the description below.